Congress, the Pentagon, and the Dark Side of Ufology, with special guest Christina Gomez. Episode 4, Season 2 of the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. Welcome to the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. Coming to you from the glacial dumping grounds known as the Michigan Basin, I'm Michelle. And I'm Wayne. And we are a Michigan-based husband and wife educator and podcasting duo that after having a UFO sighting in March of 2018, have started to examine UFOs and other paranormal topics within Michigan and beyond. Topics include UFOs, the paranormal, conspiracy theories, ghosts, alternative history and archaeology, cryptids, and all things strange and paranormal. So sit back, grab a drink, and come along with us on this journey down the paranormal rabbit hole. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Hi everyone. Congress, the Pentagon, and the dark side of ufology. And we're bringing Christina Gomez on for this one. Honey, this is going to be a crazy episode. What do you think? Oh, I think talking to Christina alone with, you know, her research knowledge and everything. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to start doing some things a little bit differently here on the podcast. So a little bit of a different format. Um, Just shaking some things up. Yeah, trying out some new things. But hopefully we'll still bring you a decent quality podcast about ufos and the paranormal in michigan and beyond speaking of ufology and uh paranormal i swear you know i've got to look at my classes sometimes and wonder if i'm dealing with about 50 percent of hybrids why do you say that uh just you know how end of year is coming out of a pandemic and how classes were last year half virtual half you know hybrid where half the kids come in some two days a week then i see the other half two days a week and then this year they were all back together at the same time and the behaviors have been off the chain yeah so and it's one of those that you know if you question a kid and go you know are you part alien and ask them what planet they came from, you know what they're saying. Uranus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead of I Uranus, lo- right? I love the corrections of how to pronounce Uranus. Yep. Yep. It's... And don't even get into the mythology of it and start talking about the Titans and Greek and Roman mythology. Exactly. Well, on this episode, I'm kind of angry. You know, being newcomers into this realm of researching UFOs and things, um, I've been watching while we've been, you know, dealing with illnesses and tech problems and things like that. I've been trying to watch as many things on UFOs that I can on YouTube, particularly certain shows and things like that. And come to find out the UFO quote-unquote community is not that much of a community there is some very nasty infighting and backstabbing and just some things that that have really disturbed me and turned me off to this i guess this realm this this research 
I, I don't know what you'd want to call it. I don't but, know. I Just to be blunt, it sounds like people get pissed off. They take their toy and say that they're going home. Well, you know, and to your point, there have been some things said about, you know, Luis Elizondo, who is one of the most influential people out there recently, in recent years, to basically come out of the government with this information and try to present it to the community. He's gone around to very, all kinds of very small podcasts and YouTube channels and everything and have tried to answer the questions that he can and stuff. So here we've got this, this insider and people have basically crapped all over him. And this goes all the way from trying to dox him doing basically uh, untruthful documentaries about him and his family, saying things about his wife and kids, death threats. And honestly, that's where, seriously, people, you, you got to draw the line on that one. But see, I'm, but here's the thing. If this is supposed to be a community where people are supposed to be able to come together and discuss things, if you can't act like an adult and not be like some petty teenage girl, then you know what? Go pick up some dolls and play Barbie somewhere else. Well, and that's the thing. I think there are plenty of people in this community, in this field, that want to be the end-all, be-all. Oh, the expert? The expert. No, there And you then go. here comes a guy from the government, worked counterintelligence, and he's on the scene now, and he's saying, look, this is what we have for the government, you know, from the government. Here are the the videos. We can't show you the radar tapes, but they exist. Here's all these people coming from the Nimitz group that were, you know, witnesses to the UFOs and the UAPs and what was going on with the F-18s. I understand the distrust, okay? Don't get me wrong. The government's been lying about this. I'm convinced at this point. The government's been lying since the 40s about UFOs. Where I stand right now is that I honestly believe that the government retrieved a crashed UFO from Roswell and absolutely have been trying to backwards engineer crafts. Possibly more than one. I don't know. But Lou's coming out and saying, we've got this information. This is the stuff we can we can act on because we have tangible evidence. It's not just circumstantial or anecdotal evidence. Yeah, the stories exist. And yes, they're probably true at this point. I'm guessing that they were true. But here he comes. You know, who's this Lou Elizondo guy? And now he's stepping into my turf. It's my book that's right. It's my experience that's right. And, you know, when you come to my conference or a conference and stand up there on my stage and I make money off the ticket sales, that's that's my stuff. And I think human arrogance, as we'll find out, uh, some people in Congress believe this about the people in the Department of Defense and the Pentagon, people's arrogance 
has really turned him off to the point of he said he's just going back into the working behind the scenes now for I am not sure that I would want to deal with the public either if this is the way that I'm being treated. So I come forward, you know, I want to Mm -hmm. talk about, you know, what I know, what I've read, what I investigated and, you know, granted, not be able to tell all because we know that, you know, he the can. folks, he can't. And, and the people in Congress, he's got, he still has top secret clearance or some kind of high level clearance. Well, the same thing that Tim Burchett said that as far as, you know, what he what yeah. what he knows, but what he can talk about at this time. Uh, yeah, I would love to tell you everything I know. This is a quote from him, but I can't tell you right now. Okay. Well, I mean, and, and Christina and I talk about this a little bit in the interview coming up, but I mean, you're exactly right, though. You're exactly right. Why? Why would I want to put myself out there and do this? And it was kind of eye opening to me because don't people want people coming from the inside that might know something and be like, here's disclosure. Ever how little or I mean, ever how tiny it may be, mm-hmm. any fraction of information is more than what people had before. Yeah. And, you know, and, and these people on Twitter, I mean, I don't know where some of these people come from and, and how they think they can just go ahead and talk to. I, I don't do Twitter. But there are people, if they disagree with you, they think they can talk to you and say anything about you that they want because they're hidden away in their mom's basement. And it it's ridiculous. I don't know any name of a social media that has a root word that my mom used to wor- use towards people who uh, irritated her. Yeah, being a twit. A twit. <laughs> there, Absolutely. It's like, I I just, yeah, Facebook is enough. I just, I, I don't understand this treatment. So it's basically gotten to the point where he's like, you know what, I'm bowing out. And in two YouTube podcasts or live streams that I like to to watch and I'm not going to mention them kind of started going back and forth with each other about team Lou or not team Lou Lou is a disinformation agent because he's got some kind of a a secret uh, Twitter handle that he was using to to fight and beat up a little bit on the the little crybabies that were coming to Lou and threatening them and stuff. You know what? If he wants to do that, let him do it. And then they cry. Well, do you think that's doing anything to help the community? Are you kidding me? I don't know. I had a problem when I heard that there were threats towards his and comments made about his wife and kids. Yeah, exactly. That's where you cross the line. Your mom's a prostitute. Dude, don't. You wow. Know, you say the that, mom jokes. Yeah, you say that about somebody's wife or mother. Of course you're going to have some kind of a response. I'm having a response right now. It's like keep it classy it, people. Keep it classy. It's not a community. What you guys are doing is you're creating a tribal faction of ufologist or whatever. You know what? If you don't like the fact that Lou Ellis and Lou never admitted that he had another Twitter account not not from what I saw and heard, but he never admitted to that. But everybody just kind of assumes that. But if you don't like it, then don't interview him. Well, here's and the don't thing. and don't even if he does listen to him. Hold on, even if he does, 
have another Twitter account. He is a grown ass man. He could have 20 Twitter accounts if he wanted to have 20 Twitter accounts. Yeah. And certain people that are criticizing him are going under what they call sock puppet accounts and hiding their own identities. So, you know, and then we got people on the other side who are like all pissed off, kind of like I am, but, you know, are going to go ahead and now pick a fight, you know, verbally with this other group that's saying things about Lou after he's done so much for him and stuff. And it's like, look, if Lou wants to defend himself and his family, he can do it if he wants to. And he can do it in any way that he wants to. You know, it, it doesn't matter. But I don't like the fact that people are trying to throw this as some kind of a huge uh, affront to the community. It's not building more community. The more and more digging I'm doing into this, I am finding that the word community is just being tossed around like nothing. It, there really isn't a lot of quote unquote community when it comes to this, especially when it's the community that's going after him and saying he's a disinformation guy and all of this stuff when everything he said and he's told us was going to happen has come true. It has happened. All of his information he's put out there. So, yeah, this has kind of been a hot button topic for me because I have a lot of respect for Lou Elizondo and where he's coming from and what he's trying to do. And it is this own community that is kind of eaten its own at this point because he is one of the best sources of information that this community could have and they're crapping on him. You know, it almost feels like Sesame Street, the word of the day, community. <laughs> yeah, it's like, mm, no, don't, you know, and now it's been bleeding over in a, you know, people going after Christina. And it's like, really, really? Yeah, that's, that was harsh, the one video that you showed me to watch. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, well, no, no point in it. Um, if you wanted people to watch your video of you trashing Christina Gomez, this guy that's out there, and there's a couple others too now, well, I guess you got your views and, and maybe that did something for your channel. If that's the lengths you have to go, man. It's tough to be an adult. I, I, I feel sorry <laughs> for you. Yeah, the shock jocks and, and things like that are the shock jock wannabes. You know, don't. Just how about we just stick to what we're trying to figure out, the answers, instead of being distracted with who's, who is disinformation and who's new on the scene and all this crazy stuff. I don't know. It, it's it's aggravating and, and it kind of goes to the whole theme of this episode tonight because it's about Congress, the Pentagon, and the dark side of ufology, the personal attacks. And what they'll share, what they won't share, and, you know, what they know if they do share that, you know, someone or some group out there is going to be mixing up the Kool-Aid. Yeah, it, you know, that's exactly right. It's 
you know, we can only get what we can get right now. The control of any information on UFOs and things rest in the hands of the government, mainly the Department of Defense. So anyways, it, it man, it, it's just it's one of those hot button topics again. I just, uh, you know, and then, of course, the talk of the town has been the recent firing of this Gary Reed, who was basically Lou Elizondo's boss, but was so corrupt in the way that he handled the office that he worked in that Lou just decided to go above his head to make reports and things because this guy was basically trying to obstruct him from giving reports to the people in Congress that Lou had to report to. And then Lou started seeing how these people were keeping everything from the American public. And that's when he basically decided to resign. And he did file complaints about his boss. And he was investigated and relieved of his duties in that position. Now, he hasn't been relieved of his duties in the government. He'll just be shuffled off somewhere else which they haven't answered where they're sending him yet. Maybe he'll make a nice stamp looker somewhere. Well, yeah, maybe he can go to Uranus and <laughs> find your students. Uh, find where my students came from on the planet but then he of Uranus. But then he wouldn't tell you because, well, you know, it's a secret. He's got to keep that from you. <laughs> oh, pretty it, much. It, it's, it's ridiculous. It really is. This is not only an American thing, it's a worldwide thing. You know, these UFOs, UAPs, whatever they are, wherever they're from, are just totally disregarding international airspace, you know, countries' airspaces, our airspaces. They appear to be abducting people. I don't know if it's at random or or what, but I'm definitely believing that at this point. Heard too many stories now about people having these encounters and things happening to them. So, uh, yeah, know, it's man. not like these objects are singling out going, hey, look, looks like a, a massive land. Look, that one looks like a mitten and that one looks like a box. Let me just go ahead and stay in that area. What are you talking about? No, as far as, you know, sightings and such just happening worldwide. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just limited to the U.S. And, you know, the more You confused people... me there for a minute. Well, <laughs> that's why you married me, to confuse you. Well, that, that's kind of true. Okay. Speaking of politics and news. It, is it that time? Yes, Michelle, I think it's that time. It's time for What's in the News. Yes, what is in the news? Well, coming over from On Balance, we've got Rep. Tim Burchett on UFO findings. It's a bogus cover-up. So Rep. Tim Burchett, the Republican from Tennessee, believes the Pentagon knows more than what they're saying following the latest secret briefings on UFOs. There's an arrogance in government at that level that we cannot handle what's going on out there. Burchett said Monday as a guest of News Nation's On Balance with Leland Vittert. It's a bogus cover-up. It doesn't fit, and it's about power and control, he continued. 
Burchett has joined lawmakers on both sides of the aisle seeking to apply pressure on members of the Senate Intelligence and Armed Services Committees after disappointment in their latest data collection efforts. Aides for Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, the Democrat from New York, and Senator Marco Rubio, the Republican from Florida, gave statements to Politico on Monday expressing their senators' frustrations, reporting they'd hoped Capitol Hill was prepared to address this issue. None of the expressions of frustration, however, were stronger than those of Burchett, who did not use an aide to express his feelings. He just took it on himself. I don't trust the Department of Defense to get this right since leadership. There has always been part of a cover-up, Burchett said. Oh, that is a mic drop moment right there. And considering what happened with that Gary Reed, wow. Burchett is a member of the House Transportation Aviation Subcommittee and represents a district where there have been numerous reports of UFO sightings. It is clear from the public evidence that we don't have full control of our airspace. That's a national security issue, and it's also unacceptable, he added. The briefings follow the National Defense Authorization Act, which required the Pentagon to create the Anomaly Surveillance and Resolution Office that has the authority to pursue any resource, capability, asset, or process to investigate unidentified aerial phenomena. Signed into law by President Joe Biden, the bill also requires the Pentagon to develop an intelligence collection and analysis plan to gain as much knowledge as possible regarding the technical and operational characteristics, origins, and intentions of unidentified aerial phenomena. It's like, why are you here and what do you plan to do? Instead of dedicating more resources and personnel to the task, however, Burchett is of the mind that we've seen enough. We take the shackles off, the senator told the program Monday night when asked what should be done. We put pressure on the Pentagon on funding and everything else and say enough is enough. Bring forth what you got and let the American public decide. I trust the American public. Release it all, he continued. Just this past April, the Pentagon released a report saying those who witnessed and reported UFO sightings also experienced injuries, including radiation burns, brain problems, and damaged nerves. Similarly, in 2019, the U.S. government declassified, released, and confirmed videos showing encounters between UFOs and U.S. Navy pilots in 2004 and 2015. Similarly, leaked Pentagon footage of a spherical object seen flying off the coast of San Diego was later confirmed as authentic by the Pentagon as well. It's not a tinfoil hat thing anymore, Burchett said Monday. You've gotten a pilot describing something that has been described for decades since Roswell, New Mexico. Burchett went on to reveal to the program that he has information that the Russians and the Chinese have similar information, have seen these very same things, and that they are investigating them just like the U.S. It's at a little higher level than I believe we're being told, he told Vidert. The government is part of the cover-up, and they're not going to disclose it to us because they don't trust us with having enough sense to diagnose. It's very frustrating, he said. And I can understand that, but from the defense standpoint, our elected officials are just that. They're elected officials, therefore they're temporary employees. And 
a lot of these private contractors, Lockheed Martin, Skunk Works, uh, you name it, General Dynamics, are probably the people who are involved in this with some very high-level entrenched you know, Department of Defense people who run these programs or funnel the money off to private contractors so they can run the program. So that's a little bit about what we're going to get into with Christina as well. It's just very interesting how secretive they have been and especially thinking about the radiation burns and how they're coming forth with that. People have said for years when they've encountered these things and have gotten sick and they have not been able to get treatments because they haven't wanted to say or the government refuses to acknowledge their problems as being caused by these craft. And right here we have the admission that, uh, yes, there's possible brain problems and radiation sickness and burns from coming into close contact with these. That's huge. No wonder people don't want to believe the government. Well, you know what it also comes down to is they know that if they release everything that they know, that there could be a couple scenarios where you have these very religious groups go absolutely out of fear that this is the end of days. Very true. You know, the this is Christianity's Ragnarok, so to speak. Ooh. Yeah, that's uh, that's where things go real dark. You know, it. Either way, you know there there may be reasons why they're holding back. You know, and that question about what can the American public, you know, truly take in and diagnose. I think they they out of just skepticism and fear of what would happen with the American people or with, with humankind globally, what would happen? Yeah. I think that's why they're doing this in stages, but I will say that from the research and things I've watched and seen, the United States is way behind in its disclosure process and how people react to these, uh, craft. Um, it's, uh, we're going to have a hard time with it, but I'm also curious too, with everybody on their cell phones, their heads are always down. They look like the walking dead with their cell phones or cyborgs walking around. They don't even look up at the sky anymore. Do you think anybody would even really care if they got a, a news blast on Facebook, let's say that said government says UFOs are real and we're in conversations with them do you think anybody would care at this point do you think it would be a big deal maybe the religious people but it's, it's like we've met the grays and we've invited them to dinner oh geez that's one group i don't think we should invite <laughs> they i don't know of many good things have come from them all right michelle i think we need to get christina on the line here yeah it's time to talk to christina a bit all right why don't you uh Bring our audience up to speed with a little bit of background on Christina, since this is her second time here, but we have gotten a lot of new it listeners. Is, and you know what? It won't be our last conversation with Christina because I've, you know, sent her 
some information for some food for thought and some talk of legends, especially in her neck of the woods. Yep. So whether you are new to the UFO UAP topic and its many facets and mysteries and looking to learn more, or if you are a journalist or seasoned UFO researcher, you will be able to delve deep into not only these mysteries with the history, but also get the latest information from Christina's guests who are at the cutting edge of investigations and efforts to find the truth. From sightings of incredible unidentified flying objects to bizarre disappearances to alleged encounters with aliens and paranormal entities, Christina's channel looks from the extraterrestrial angle to the supernatural angle and even beyond that to peer into the physics of other dimensions to being the possible source for so-called non-human intelligences, being the pilots behind the biggest phenomenon to recently gain the interest of the U.S. Congress. So she definitely dives into quite a bit and a lot. Um, like I said, anything from, you know, cryptids to unidentified aerial phenomena to paranormal yeah, and she seems to really be interested she in re- these portals and things at Skinwalker Ranch, which I find fascinating. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please let's welcome back to the podcast for her second visit with us, Christina Gomez. Christina, thank you for joining us. We can't wait to hear what you have going on and telling us what's new. Well, thank you for having me back. It is always a pleasure to speak with the both of you. When it comes to my life, things have been insane. I mean, right now it's finals week at the university, plus doing my full-time job on the other end, which is insane right now. And then all the research that goes in to all the shows that I create and the people that I speak to. So just like before, I'm still not sleeping properly. I only get a few hours and it's they're very sporadic. I'll take these random cat naps throughout the day. And then that's the time when people have to call me related to the topic. And I'm like, yeah, I'm literally sleeping. You're going to have to wait just maybe another 20 minutes, please. And thank you. But um, a lot's been going on. Um, I have a new show coming out called Strange Paradigms, also adding to my YouTube channel, which is dealing with covering the most recent news related to the UFO phenomenon, the the paranormal and also strange and mysterious topics, but it'll also be a panel discussion live as well. So I'm. it's going to be streaming this upcoming Friday, I did a launch a few weeks back, maybe a month ago now. And I realized that Sundays just weren't a really fantastic day for people. So it has been moved to Friday. So I'm pretty excited for that, along with shifting the paradigm where I'm still interviewing UFO researchers and enthusiasts. But that's also broadening up more as well to also cryptid researchers and paranormal investigators as well. And Mysteries with the History is still doing super well at least in my idea because when it comes to that show it really helps me focus on a very specific topic versus going on tangents and with 
all of these shows, I think overall, it's it's been really helpful with my research and hopefully for others that are just entering the field as well to give them a better foundation. Yeah, sounds really good. Now, are you still with Jimmy Church on the Mysteries with the History? Is he still a co-host? Jimmy Church is still co-hosting Mysteries with the History with me. And it's so fantastic because he's been doing this kind of research for decades now. And while I bring in the data, the facts, the hard written information, he brings in his prior experience and his prior knowledge on these topics as well, people that he's spoken to on all these different things that we cover each week. So it's a very unique and different dynamic compared to maybe some other co-hosting shows, just because one, you're getting two very separate generations you're having one in in their 20s and one i think he's about 60 now and then you're also having someone who's brand new to the topic who doesn't really know anything and it's just going off the hard written information and the data versus someone who's been doing this for a long period of time and who's had more fingers in these types of pies than i could have ever imagined in talking to people that have actually been involved or that know more about this information so he is still co hosting and it's still doing really fantastic i enjoy doing it every single week i try to catch the ones that i i can it's so hard with like you said with school i'm getting ready to write final exams for high school and get all that stuff ready to go plus (laughs) teaching every day plus trying to learn everything that i can and so one of the questions i would like to throw out to you is let's say you're somebody who's 40 something And you happen to have a sighting of something, whether it's cryptids or a UFO, where would you want somebody like that to go to find some kind of information? Now they've seen something, they want to learn about it. Where would they fit in between the different generations you're talking about? You can't go to libraries anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, you're able to Google it and, and uh, you're able to kind of put in the characteristics of what you saw. But at the age, and let, let's go back to the age of 40. And the biggest question is, first of all, do you have any prior knowledge? Did you ever watch any TV shows, documentaries, or exposed to any movies? And that's kind of where you have to start. And for the most part, people that are 40 today in 2022 means they were born in the 80s meaning that they were still kind of raised in their 20s with the internet going forward. So it's it's not really a question of where should they look. They're kind of like this outcast. I'm going to have to disagree on that. I know that's not what you were going for, Wayne, but that's how I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to them having their very first sighting, the first question is, do they know anything about the topic? And and for the most part, there's a big difference kind of being exposed through movies and then being exposed through the more scientific aspect to it or those that have also had a sighting and have told their story. So for someone like that, in my opinion, I would probably say to get started would be literally to Google the characteristics, try to find some documentaries, start there. And then there's always, there's so many podcasts and YouTube channels and books and articles that cover all these things that fall under the umbrella of the strange and the mysterious. So now more than ever, it's a lot easier to find the information that you're looking for, or at least to find a community that can support you and help you and help guide you to the information that you need. When if we look 20, 30 years back, 
that wasn't the case. It was very, very difficult. And especially when you had to go into the library and hoping that you would find one author that wrote a specific book on what you're looking for. And even that was difficult because you had to first find that book, know where to look, and then see which books are fiction and which ones are nonfiction as well. So there was a lot of difficulty then, but now more than ever, it's it's never been easier. Cryptids. You said you are uh, digging into cryptids a little bit, and Michelle and I were guests on Texas Front Porch just a couple weeks ago, and happened to see you on there, not <laughs> not too uh, far behind us there. Uh, what's getting your interest in in the whole cryptozoology? Um, are you seeing a connection with UFOs now? Have you picked up on anything else recently? With the more research I've done into the UFO phenomenon and the more people that I have spoken to, I've spoken to a a good handful of people and my research has just been broadening more and more every single day. New doors are opening with connections that I could have never imagined when I first started. And looking at cryptids, it's something that it really does fascinate me in the sense of it, it, it's it it opens that inner child that I have of that kind of excitement of these monsters and goblins and fairies and of course there's a lot more to it there's a lot more layers but you're starting at that heart of that just that child curiosity and so far the people that I've spoken to very specifically the Bigfoot researchers and even some paranormal investigators as well they're claiming that from the research that they have done themselves, that there usually is a connection between the UFO phenomenon and the paranormal or the UFO phenomenon and cryptids, or that they're happening in the same vicinity, such as Skinwalker Ranch. But I had also spoken to Jessica Jones, who is a Bigfoot researcher and a remote viewer. I had her on a few weeks ago now. And she was stating that when she was Bigfoot hunting, She even saw orbs at certain moments. She had seen some types of craft that really couldn't be explained to her. She even saw, well, she captured through Fleur a portal and two of her team members entered that portal. Blew my mind. And you're having all of these different things that are interconnecting. I've also spoken to Stephen Mara, who is both a UFO researcher and a paranormal investigator. And he had stated when he was doing his research and looking through Project Blue Book, he had stated that if you remove the labels, if you just removed all these labels, you're going to see a connection. What confuses us are those labels calling it different things and you just assume that they're completely different entities or 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 different anomalies when in reality they could very possibly be the same and the same goes for an interview that I'm going to be having a little bit later with um Ray Hernandez he is talking about UFOs and consciousness, but not just that. But again, if you remove those layers, some things just look just too too similar. You have near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, astral projection. You're having um, remote viewing and hallucinogenic journeys. 
if you take away those labels, in some respects, it kind of sounds like an alien abduction where you're able to see your body, but you're having a spirit where one where the spirit is taken and not the body and things of this nature. So the more people that I've spoken to, and I've spoken to another one that I will be airing next week that really blew my mind. and I don't want to spoil it, but I do recommend those to to watch this up, upcoming show, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday of kind of also kind of in a sense, bringing the dogmatic religious aspect to the UFO phenomenon as well. So in the end, all of these are connected. And I'm learning that as I go along. And with cryptids, we see that in ancient stories and in modern times all across the globe and even to the respect and let's look at bigfoot because probably one of the most famous cryptids it's that it's these characteristics are repeating across the globe across different cultures and they have been depicted in ancient paintings way before countries were in communication with each other. So we have them in China. We have them in Russia, Nepal, the United States, Australia, I believe. Uh, Yes, also in Australia. The only country or the only continent that I haven't heard too much about when it comes to Bigfoot would have to be South America. But other than that, all these other countries are dealing with a type of Bigfoot, but calling them completely different names. And they have slightly different characteristics. So it could very well be classified as something else entirely. But in reality, again, if you remove those labels, they have a lot of similarities. So at the end of the day, I'm still learning. I have so much more to learn but it seems like there is a bigger connection between all of these things than what I could have ever imagined. That makes me think of the former CIA agent, uh, John Ramirez, who has come out and given a presentation talking about how we're all actually created by these, by alien DNA being injected into hominid dna at some point and this is why we see these types of beings is because that we have alien dna or at least some of us have alien dna within us and possibly that we've been engineered because you know the humans as a species we're a very strange animal very curious if you've looked into john ramirez at all and what you think of the alien human hybrid Uh, And and there's plenty of stories that go along with that women who have been abducted and given birth and they've seen babies in these ships and things like that. So I'm curious, what have you uh, dug into on any of that, if anything? My knowledge is very limited when it comes to that, again, because I haven't been researching this for a long period of time. But what I can say is that if we look at Darwinism, there are some flaws to that it from my understanding at least so far in my research which again is very limited so that could change but if we look at human evolution compared to animal or plant evolution it moved almost a little too quickly almost a little too fast and can be explained going from monkey to the humans that we are today that that time frame again it's a little bit more difficult to grasp 
Now, I have done some research into this a little bit, again, very little. And there was one author that I came across, and his name is escaping me at the moment. But he had written an article called uh, Man, Man in a Million, something like that. And he was stating that in a million years, humans would evolve into almost what we would consider gray aliens, bulbous heads, um, bald, very feeble, small bodies, but in a sense, superior in, in intellect, like geniuses. And that's in air quotes, because I don't know if that'll be the case. But what I'm getting at is in this author's mentality, he was stating in a million years, we are going to be so intelligent that we will be able to either create technology or manipulate the things around us to where we're not going to need these physical bodies anymore. They will have very skinny legs, very skinny arms, because everything can be done mentally. So our brains are going to be ginormous. And if we look at again, the typical alleged grays, they have huge heads and very, very feeble bodies. And if we look at evolution in a million years time, maybe, just maybe, that could be possible. But there still are some flaws to that. Have we been helped? Are we some type of hybrids? I'm open minded to the possibility. A lot of people believe so. Some believe they have actual evidence to provide and say, look, I think this is the case because of X, Y, Z. But I need to do a lot more research into that. And I feel that in time, not just for myself, but for humanity, maybe we will be able to find that answer at some point in time. What I am aware of is that scientists, when they're looking at DNA, still a lot of it cannot be identified. While a sliver of it can, there's still so much data in DNA that scientists just don't know what they're looking at. Could it be because it's some type of alien DNA? Or is it just because we don't have the proper technology to decipher it yet? I don't have the answer to that. But I think I think so far in 2022, that's kind of a giveaway for me, or at least it opens my mind once again to the possibility that maybe we could have been I don't see why not. Yeah, I have to do some more research into John Ramirez as well, because he he does speak to having been in, invited into a conference in a hotel in, in just a normal conference room with the CIA agents. And they gave a presentation talking about the DNA evidence of humans being hybrid, that, that we were the DNA is, is the, the evidence of us being basically helped along, as you said. So it's very, very interesting. I, I been wanting to try to talk to him, but he seemed to have uh, kind of disappeared right now. So I just, I just found it very fascinating. And I wonder if, if that's like this connection that we have, it would make a little bit of sense that all of these things are related because that is us and they are us and we are them kind of a thing, it, you know, it could be people are, are believing a hypothesis that gray aliens are us from the future. Yes. And we and we can even look at a biblical aspect of it as well, where we had angels come down, they mated with women, and they created the Nephilim. And then are are these would we classify these as hybrids? Would we classify them as aliens? Again, if we're if we're looking at the religious aspect, 
what are angels? Are they angels? Are they alien? I mean, how would you classify them? And the question is, how would you classify an alien to something that doesn't, that's not, um, that doesn't inhabit Earth, one that's not, that doesn't originate from Earth, or just someone that doesn't originate from the United States, such as illegal aliens that we call them as well. So it, we have to think, I guess, in a sense, outside of the box, what does alien mean to us? What does hybrid mean to us? If we look during the colonial times, when you had a white and black human, they would create a child, would that be a hybrid? Okay, during this time when that was just totally frowned upon, we just need to first think of what these definitions mean to us in the same respect what does truth mean? What does disclosure mean in the field of ufology? Everyone has their own definition and everyone has their own belief and they're only going to listen to people that have that same belief as they do, how they define truth, how, how they define disclosure or what hybrids are, what aliens are, so on and so forth. So the language, just any language, any part of the world it all depends on how we emphasize it or how we understand what those mean. Very interesting that you bring up disclosure because there's a little bit of the, the weeds I want to get into with disclosure and Lou Elizondo and uh, somebody I have an awful lot of respect for, for what he's been trying to do. And here you're talking about the meaning of disclosure and, and he basically says, you know, we've, we've had disclosure. This is it. You know, how much more do you need? We've shown you the videos and some people are just not taking very kindly to that kind of an explanation. Whereas, and, and I believe in, in a few of your articles and a lot of the times when I see you on the internet talking, you've said, we want answers. We want it now. We want it all laid out nice and, and shiny for us and just just the facts tell us perfectly what to think and, and we're good to go. And so there's a little bit of those weeds and stuff I want to get into with that. But before, before I do, there was an interesting news article that we're covering in our episode this week that you will be part of. And it's this Congress fights Pentagon over UFOs. And it was uh, Representative Tim Burchett talking about the argument that is now ensuing between, let me see if I get this right, the Pentagon, which would be like the Department of Defense versus the civilian leaders of the government, which would be your Congress and your president. What? are your thoughts of, of this kind of news? And do you think this kind of sheds light on the fact that there, there is this underground shadow government that's been controlling a lot of this narrative and information for many, many years that people were told they were kooks, you know, for the last 50 years and, and all of this stuff. Now we have Congress people after and, and thanks to Lou, you know, love him or hate him, that he's stirring things up in the government. And now these Congress people, whether it's Rubio, uh, Gillibrand, uh, Burchette, that want answers just like we do. 
and the DOD is trying to push back. The Pentagon's pushing back. So I'm curious, where are you at with that? And what do you think? First, we need to take a step back. We're looking at Congress. We're looking at the Senate. We're looking at these civil servants. And then we're looking at the Pentagon, the DOD. When we're looking first at Congress, the Senate, the civil servants, they recycle, okay? You have them for four years, eight years. I think the top is a little, a little more than that. And then they leave. They're gone forever. They can never run again. Same with presidents. Their, their, their limit is eight years. Looking at the Pentagon, the DOD, they're in for life. These people do not leave. And if they get a new one, like someone's in their 20s, 25, 30, they're in for life. So they can be exposed to certain secrets because they're they're sworn in to, I guess, I guess in a sense, a gang. <laughs> yeah, they're, that's they're that's what it's in. like. Yeah. And that, that's I mean, that's kind of what it's like. And so if we're looking at this and in, in, in a in a mastermind aspect, like the genius in the background, of course, you're only going to tell the secrets to the people that you can control for the rest of their life. People that are in Congress in the Senate, they're only there for a certain period of time. Once they leave, they can do whatever the heck they want to an extent. And I'm 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 exaggerating a little bit there, but if if the Congress, the Senate are given these big big secrets to what the Pentagon believes to be secrets. It's dangerous because knowledge is power. And if you can't control the information that's going out, it's going to ruin that foundation that these people created, whoever these these higher ups are, however you want to believe it. So it's a very sticky situation. It's a lot more complex than what people can imagine it to be. And everyone wants everything on a silver spoon and they just want to be given the information placed on their laps without doing any work or without any critical thinking. Okay, when you're dealing with people like this in the government or those that have access to a lot of information, these are master chess players. They take one step forward, but they're thinking 10 steps ahead that the majority of the public simply cannot follow. Okay, one of these people that I assume and I I don't know this for a fact, but that I can assume would be Lou Elizondo. He's doing a lot in the front lines, but there's also a lot more happening in the background. Hopefully that is benefiting us, the UFO community and and the United States and the entire globe. Okay, people. What I'm what I'm getting at is you don't want to play them in chess because you're instantly going to lose. And I'm and I am no master chess player. Okay, I've never been good at it. I find it very difficult. And that's the point of the game, especially Chinese chess. That one is even more complex. Hey everyone, we hope you're enjoying the podcast. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors and some friends of the podcast. Hi, this is Chris Lato of the Chris Lato YouTube channel, retired F-16 pilot turned UAP investigator, and you are listening to Wayne and Michelle on the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. What is up, you guys? It's your girl, Gemma Jade from Gemma Jade YouTube, Moon Bear Oracle, Paranormal Chop Shop, and Spaced Out Radio After Hour Show. You're here listening to Wayne and Michelle with the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast.
What's up, everyone? This is Burton. And Aaron from Lost in the Dark Podcast. And raise your horns because you're listening to Wayne and Michelle from the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast. Hey there, it's Richard Serrett, occasional weekend guest host of Coast to Coast AM and host of The Conspiracy Show. And you're listening to Wayne and Michelle's Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. Hi, this is Seth Talk from MUFON and the author of You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens and the host of Alien Spirit TV with Sev on YouTube. You're listening to Wayne and Michelle at the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Schrett, military aerospace historian and private pilot. And you are listening to Wayne and Michelle at the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast. And we're glad to have you with us today. This is Christina Gomez of Paradigm Shifts and the Debrief Media, and you're listening to Wayne and Michelle on the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. Hi, this is Alex Nowitzki, and you're listening to Wayne and Michelle on the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. What I'd like to show you guys is the infinite pool of experience and awareness which can be found at luciuslabs.com. And it's a book that I've written after basically meditating for 27 years. Basically it goes over modern physics. It takes you all the way from modern accepted physics to understanding that we live in a layering of conscious types within time and that our consciousness is eternal. What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? This is Big Willie with the UFO Garage Podcast, where we're all about UFOs, aliens, and all things weird. I also run a podcast, Band of Bearded Brothers, with my brother Micah, B-O-B-B for short, and you are listening to Wayne and Michelle with the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast. So take a seat and buckle up as they educate us on all things woo. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When we're looking at the Pentagon and we're looking at Congress, you're dealing with master chess players and children that are learning to play chess and they might end up finding another master later on, another teacher to teach them how to play chess. So while of course, 100%, I want the Congress and the Senate to keep pushing for that information to get that transparency, what they would classify as transparency without having all the information redacted, which is such a pain. It's so dreadfully annoying. 
while I want that to happen so badly, we need people on the inside, people on the inside of the Pentagon and the DOD to make that happen. Because these people, from my understanding, and my understanding is very limited when it comes to politics, it's very, very limited. They don't really work for the people. They work for themselves, the Senate, the Congress. Again, these are civil servants. They work for the people. At least they should. Okay, Mm -hmm. at least they should. That's That's their title. The Pentagon and the DOD, they don't. So so you're you're dealing with two separate battles altogether. Yeah. And then it, when you add in the the quote unquote military industrial complex and you start adding in the private sector, which is connected to the Department of Defense, the, the web starts to get very tangled and a lot of money starts to exchange hands for these different types of black projects that they do not want basically what I would consider temporary employees, which are our civil servants. Cause you know, whatever election cycle might happen there that we know the president's gone in at most eight years. That's right. Now, they're not really important when it comes to the, right. those types of secrets. As long as they pass the bills that have the money in them, for these other programs where they funnel it, well, the American people never really know what's going on. But what's interesting, and when I was thinking about the, the shadow government question to ask you, is that this sheds a light. And, and I really think, you know, you, you had people who, you know, you, you throw all the names at them that you want, the tinfoil hat people, the all this. And then when you see the redacted material that comes out and still continues to come out it puts a spotlight on that 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 makes you think wow i can't trust these people this this guy was saying this was happening this lady was saying this was going on and when we get the the foia back it's it's blacked out so something must be going on. And now you got Congress fighting with them, which I think it's a good thing. But we got to be careful about who we kind of look at in this, this game that's being played. It's like a Game of Thrones. You know, it's, it <laughs> it, it's really crazy. But is it, is it the DOD? Is it the government? Or is it these private contractors who are in bed with whoever they can be in bed with? So that was kind of the the genesis of that question I wanted to throw at you, because here perfectly, you put a quote out here from this article from or the, this interview with Tim Burchett. And he says, I'd love to be able to tell you what I already know right now, but I can't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so like, it makes me want to pull out my hair. Like, okay, well then why not even bring it up? (laughs) Yeah. Or why not? Well, people like this, when they send, when they sign NDAs, just like Lua Elizondo, if they tell what they're not supposed to, they're going to end up in prison. And we also don't know what's going to happen to their families. Kind of like, kind of like these, these deep throat movies, Okay, where where you if you cross one person, your whole family is going to be annihilated. Now, we don't know that to the extent today things are different now, but 
they're protecting themselves first off, and they're probably protecting those that they love second. Again, I I simply don't know what's in these NDA contracts, what happens if they leak information. Most of us don't know that. But as Lua Lizondo says, he doesn't look good in orange. So we don't want that to happen. We don't want that to happen <laughs> to him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want orange is the new UFO black, you know. Kind yeah, of no, thank you. Show going I'll on. pass. All right. Well, I want to dig a little deeper into the woods. And and it does revolve around Lou. And and again, somebody I have a lot of respect for because there he he's been the punching bag for a lot of people. Uh, some people call him the face of ufology and all of this stuff. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily correct to, to throw that on, on him. In my standpoint, he came from an insider's point of view. He was frustrated with what he was seeing going on and why the government and, and people within government were not giving us information. But the personal attacks I think are way out of line. And I know you had written an article about that on your, uh, on your uh, strange paradigms blog. And I was just wondering, would you dig into that a little bit? And I would like to get your perspective because you've also been a victim of this as well. Here you are becoming a, a successful young lady in ufology. You're looking for answers just as anybody else and the next thing you know there's all of this negative stuff that wants to come out and people want to to say things now i don't want to give anybody any like attention on it but i think it should be spoken about because people need to know what's going on and and the word communities used a lot in in my standpoint i would start to use the word tribe because we have pro Lou, we have anti Lou, we have pro Christina, <laughs> anti Christina. Well, Christina's only where she's at because of Jimmy Church. Really, really, you don't give her any credit at all. That you know. So, anyways, this is the dark side of ufology, and and I find it very nasty, and and I I really don't like it. I know Dave Scott from Spaced Out Radio has had an absolute, he was very upset as well. And he's talked about it a few times. And as a newcomer into this, and I started seeing this go on, this infighting, it, it, I don't know if this has always existed or what, but again, I want to give you a chance to talk to our audience and let them know, what are your thoughts on this? What have you seen? And I know you've pulled your punches because you could, you could really tear some some people up out there. When it comes to this hatred, and if you're new to the field, and if, you know, if you're new into the community, it can it gets, it's very disgusting. And for these new people, and it's it's growing. This field, this topic, this community is growing every single day, and there's no question about that. But if you're seeing all this infighting, all this hatred, all this disgust, all this greed as well greed for attention greed for a bigger audience greed for money it's it's going to turn you off to the topic you're like oh, i'm just going to read a book like i don't i don't want to do i don't want nothing to do 
with this with this topic with these people they're all nut jobs they're all angry people and I don't want to give off that impression to anyone. The reason to why I have my show, the reason to why I talk on camera every single day is not just for me to learn the topic. It's to get my generation involved because these are the future politicians, lawmakers, scientists, teachers. They just need one person to get them started. And then they're on their way to creating this beautiful future, not only for themselves, but for the rest of humanity. And that's how important I truly believe this topic is the UFO phenomenon. And I use this example. Elon Musk wants to get people to Mars in 2024. That is insane. I think that if people want to travel into space, including astronauts, they need to have a background knowledge of what's going on out there. Are there other intelligent beings out there? And if so, are they visiting us? Have they been helping us in the past? Some believe so and some do not. It doesn't matter what they believe. What matters is the data. So if we continue with this topic, with the history, with the scientific aspect, which is becoming more public every single day, a great example of this is Avi Loeb creating the Galileo Project. He's making this a big deal. He's making this more mainstream, getting these high-end scientists and others involved in the topic, but looking at it at a scientific standpoint, just cold, hard data which is great when you want to get someone involved in the topic that doesn't know anything about it or just doesn't believe these anecdotal stories. There's nothing wrong with that. There are so many different paths to take when it comes to the UFO phenomenon, the paranormal, the cryptid, the mysterious, all of these things. You want to pick the path that fits you the best and everyone's unique in their own very special way. So, what I want at, at the end of all of this is for people just to be just to know the basic information on what's going on, the the historical anecdotal UFO crashes that have happened in Roswell, in Aztec, in in Brazil as well and across the globe. It's not just in the United States. We're seeing it everywhere where people are coming out of the shadows and there are more people to come. I have been, I have been told that I've been, um, I've been informed by those that are pretty high up stating that some high end people, some people that we're going to be shocked about are going to come out and tell their stories about what's been going on when it comes to the UFO phenomenon. So I'm pretty excited when that is all happening. That's as much as I know. That's all I can share because I don't know anything more than that. Right. But at in, in all of this, we want to get people involved. And if we bring in that hate, that bias, that disgust, that, that, just negative emotions. No one wants to be involved in that. I don't know who you are that wants to literally jump into a pool of toxins, a pool of poison, just for fun, just for the drama. I'm sorry to break it to you. That's usually not the case. But these people that want to be the next Howard Stern create these shocking titles. They're doing it all wrong. They're not doing it correctly. Howard Stern had a style to him. He, he, he was able to execute it 
in 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 some not all the time but sometimes in a more classier way than these people that aspire to be like him that just want to pull someone through the mud without any data without any background information and just saying the first thing that comes out of their mouth just for the clicks or just for the reads however how they want to do it it's that clickbait but at the end of the day at the very very end it all leads back to that image we want to portray to to the public, that ego that we have, or even that greed of that, oh, if, if we get these people in, they're going to donate to us, and then we're going to make money, and then we're going to be the most famous, rich ufologist in the field. I have not met a single person, not one, who has been who has made good money off of the UFO phenomenon most people are donating their time and doing it because they love it, because they see that there is so much value to it. They're not making that much money. And if they are, it's just enough funds to get them to travel to another hotspot or talk to certain witnesses. So these people are delusional to think they can get rich off of this. The only people that have gotten rich off of it are those that are the liars that say, oh, I have all the answers. I can give it to you for a few grand. Don't worry. You're going to do great out there, kid. And these people are frauds. Uh, I There there isn't an, a better way to describe that. No one has all the answers. No one has honestly any of the answers when it comes to any of these mysterious topics. Everyone's new. There's no such thing as an expert in these fields. Whenever I read that title online or when someone says, oh, yeah, I'm a uh, UFO expert. I'm like, <laughs> next, next video. That, that's a to- total turnoff for me because that's, that's not true. It's I know exactly why they're true. here. <laughs> no, They're here to give everybody hugs. I watch those hugs be dangerous. just don't get close to their ship because apparently there is some uh, negative biological effects that can happen to you when you get close to those ships that's correct and while we're on that that kind of bothers me that that FOIA report was released to the sun in a different country and they're still sitting on that report very few people have read it And we don't know what's going on except what certain people are telling the mainstream media. So I'm thinking there's a lot of flaws to that. There's a lot of flaws to those several sentences that I just said. And, And it just goes to show, like how you said, Wayne, at the end of the day, everything's just a game. It's just that 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 power game. And what are you really gaining at the end of all of this? What? Because you know more than somebody else? What is that going to do for you when you die, when you cross over? What are you going to do with that? Absolutely nothing except ruin other people's lives who are trying to fight tooth and nail for this information and being really ugly Okay, about this. So that's how I look at it uh, in, in, all, in, in everything that we've mentioned so far is what happens when you die? What, what are you going to do with that? What was the what was the purpose of all that information that you collected and that you didn't share? Because it was a game. So you thought it was funny because your ego got a little high off of it. And that's it. And then what? It, it boils down to human nature and the ego, you know, and I, I think can't. Lou fell victim to the the vocal minority 
those people that wanted to control that narrative, they, they want to control the, I know why they're here. I know exactly what's going on. And Lou steps out of the shadows and says, here's some real video. This is really happening. I left my position because people were making it very difficult for me to do my job and get you information out there in the public, which he, by the way, then calls disclosure. Look, I'm telling you for about 70 years, this has been going on and it's going to be a, a, what was it? The, uh, that UFO podcast, it's going to be a very, it's a very sombering thought to know that we're not alone. And he put that out there. He said it, we're not alone. Now he didn't go into too many other details, but that was the first time I have ever heard him say, get ready for it. It's a very somber. Yeah. And there's there's more to, to there's more to come. Right. And he's been exactly right on everything that he has trickled out there. And I've watched, I hope I've watched every interview he's done at least a couple times to, to try to pick out things because I would think about, yeah. And I would think about, you know, if we were able to get him on this podcast, what I would ask him, everything's been asked of him except for one thing, me and Michelle's perspective. And that is, as teachers that we know this information and this experience that we've had, is there something we should be doing from where we sit as, as, you know, educators that we should be looking at and doing and thinking about? So I'll present that question to you, us being educators, are we where we're supposed to be right now? Or should we be thinking, doing more preparing students for this. I'm a science teacher. You know, I do talk about our, our, is there life on other planets? We don't know for sure yet, but what do you think? Are we being visited? What do you think? Those are the big questions. Teachers have such an important job for children and they just do not get enough credit for it. There have been a few teachers in my time that I'm so grateful that I had them in my life because they they helped me see differently or they helped me interact with society better than I could have ever imagined during my younger years, which at the time I didn't consider important. But now that I look back on it, I'm thinking, I am so happy I had that teacher that really emphasized certain things. And we can get into that a little bit later, not related to the UFO phenomenon at all, but fantastic things. So what I would say is you're doing the right thing. You're just asking those questions and getting your students to think for themselves. That is so important. And what I've noticed in the school system in the United States, because I've I used to live in Ireland, but my knowledge is very limited how they used to teach there. But living in the United States, it's it's a very force-fed system. Is it A, B, C, or D? Those are your only options. One of those is correct. One of them is a trick question. And that's it. In other countries, such as my mom, who is from Venezuela, she moved to the United States in 98. And she began to learn English and take classes here. And she was so confused. She's like, why is it A, B, C, or D? Where are the essays? Where are the, what's the answer without any help? She was so confused and she felt as if she was being force-fed, like she wasn't really learning. She was just given options. And 
you and Michelle are doing the right thing when you are asking and are not giving any information, but saying, what do you think? It's an open-ended question. What do you think? Based off of your limited knowledge of the movies, the TV shows, or maybe the basic science that you've learned about geology or about other planets, the very basics, right? That is what's so important. And, you know, while you're asking that question to hundreds, if not thousands of kids over the years, you only need to touch a few of those children's minds because they're going to be the future Elon Musk. They're going to be the future Bill Gates. And they're going to remember you when you were the only teacher that asked those questions. And and I feel like when, especially when you're dealing with science, that's the best place to ask these types of questions. Or even if you're a history teacher and you say, okay, here's your prompt about if you were on a different planet and you interacted with extraterrestrials, what would you do? What, what would your interaction be like? So I feel like every topic except maybe math <laughs> can, can, can very smoothly integrate these types of questions. And I'm not sure if you need to pass certain exams through the um, the head of the school or the principal or things like that? I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm getting that's a yes. You probably have to. Well, yes and no. The, you know, there, there are certain standards that have to be covered in, in your classes and you have to call out those standards where they're being taught in the lesson or throughout the chapter and sure. the way that you're doing it. So depending on the curriculum that the school district adopted, that kind of tells you as a teacher that gives you the roadmap as to you know these curriculum writers but one of the things i will say i'm fortunate in in the school that i'm at is that i was able to pick the curriculum and spend the the money for the school for my my earth science and earth and space science program and it's been pretty successful because it is it is exactly the antithesis of what your mother was complaining about in in our force-fed education system and a lot of a lot of things it actually stifles i believe as an insider right but i believe it stifles kids creativity and it takes the fun out of learning because yeah they are told you got to take x amount of english x amount of math Mm. x amount of science and once you start putting those things on and in, in some of the schools, like our school, for instance, and, and we're, we're a pretty big charter school, but we're very limited also in like what we can teach. We don't have like, I would love to see my kids in like a music class. They don't get art until they're seniors, you know, right. or, or yeah. So there's a lot of that stuff that gets, you know, lost in some of these schools. And it's just not my school, like music and art in public schools has been hacked and slashed and and gone away so the creativity out of you know fostering creativity out of students in a classroom experience like that has been kind of you know kicked to the curb no what's really important is do you know what a noun and a verb and a pronoun is and do you know how to do math and you know you got to get they won't help you with your taxes yeah it, it 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 makes education not fun at all and the kids really don't have a lot of choice. Now, there are some schools that try to change that and, and, you know, 
try to bring the fun and the creativity and allowing the kids to choose like their schedules and things like that. It's just over here. It seems like since the, the thirties or somewhere in the thirties or 50, well, maybe even before that, we really adopted the, the, the European model of industrialized people and creating human capital to work in factories you know, and we kind of kept that same model of, of education sit, you know, nothing more than a number. Yeah. Kids sit in the room, the desk all face one, one way. The teacher's always at the front of the room. You know, it's the same kind of patterns where it's like, I have kids in science pods around my room. They face each other. And then I walk around the room and we have conferences and talk and, discuss things and hear everybody's ideas. And, and yeah, then we learn the stuff, but you know, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like trying to change it from the inside. And that's, that's where I, why I like lose so much. He came from the inside and he got out there and now this guy shows up and he says, Hey, and all these people that had all the answers in the books are going, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. You're taking my money. Wait a minute. You are counterintelligence. So without knowing what counterintelligence means, you're a spook and you'll always be a spook. That's right. Yeah, come because on. Counterintelligence man. is not the same as a disinformation it, agent. That's They're right. Two separate <laughs> things. But people just they just don't know that or they don't want to research into that. So yeah. they place all these horrible labels on Mr. Elizondo. They say all these terrible things because of their lack of understanding of yeah. the difference between the two. And while we're on that, there's something that I do want to mention. Absolutely. Is if he was a disinformation agent, okay, which he's not, but let's just say he was. In the thousands of podcasts that he's done, radio shows, TV, tell me one time he's ever been caught telling a lie. Someone would always slip up. If you're a disinformation disinformation agent, just a regular person, a counterintelligence agent, you're going to slip up once when you've done thousands of interviews. Keeping up a lie is not always that easy. And that's in basic psychology. It, you're, you can't always remember it because you're thinking about it on the fly. And even if you conjure up the entire plan from A, B, C to D, right, the whole story, you usually can't tell it out of order. You have to play it out exactly how it is. And that's where flaws can come in when people are able to tell that you're lying. That's never happened to Lou. And he's been cornered time and time again. Almost every single show that he's been on, he's been cornered at least once. And yet he always holds his ground. He tells the information that he can and the ones that he can't, he's honest and says, look, I can't tell you that because I signed an NDA. But when the time comes, hopefully I'll be able to tell that story. And he, he's given that glimmer of hope, stating, when the time comes, I will be able to tell you. So that's where my issue lies with these other people that, that claim that he's a spook. Show me the proof. Show me the evidence. And they're always like, well, because of his past and this and, and the other. And I'm like, well, where's your evidence? Show me an interview where he said something incorrect. Okay. But also keep in mind that he's also human. We do make mistakes. 
every single day. But we don't get caught. So we're lucky between you and me, Wayne. But people like him, you have to right. be on your A game 24-7. And that's no easy task. Right. Think about the psychological toll that'll, that would have on your, your, your psyche, number one. But number two, where would they find a person with a wife and a family to put out there in the face of Fox News, CNN, talking about UFOs, telling us it's all real. It's it, this has been going on. He left the government. He He's a whistleblower. And everybody knows who he is. He's been everywhere. Now, you're going to say this one guy, it, it he's going to take all that like like a comic kamikaze pilot right he's going to be the one to fall on the sword for what i i, I just i don't see a a, a um explanation for him being a disinformation agent to be out there everywhere and i mean he's everywhere that that he's gonna he's gonna take the hit you know, he's going to give up everything to be like, OK, finally, it finally comes out. He's a bad guy. He's he, he's you he got to be the absolute most evil person in the world to want to be out there and lie to everybody in the world. Go meet with other government leaders in Italy and trying to set up an exchange of information for all of humanity. This is a human thing, not a U.S. thing. This is a share the information. What are these things kind of a thing? I mean, it, it just, and for him to lie to everybody, then I there's just, no reason. There's no, there's no reason. And who would do that for how much money they would never be able to pay me. And I'm sure they would never be able to pay you enough money to be sitting where you're at and doing you know, mysteries with a history and they give you the script and say, Christina, this is what we want you to say and leak it out because you're our disinformation agent. And I don't think lose the kind of person that would do that to anybody else either. It just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And, and that's one of the things that, that bothers me about this. And then the, the constant, well, besides Twitter being a cesspool and everybody knows uh, it just bothers me. It, it bothers me. And when I've seen the infighting that's gone on and, and the things that have been slung towards you and then how people have turned on, you know, Lou Elizondo is, is amazing to me. Who cares? Like one person was making a big deal that supposedly he has a different Twitter account that he was using to fight off the cesspool of people coming to his Twitter and talking about his wife and trying to dox them and all that. Who does that? If you don't believe the guy, don't listen, stay away. I'm a big boy. I don't need nobody protecting me. And neither does Lou. Lou can take care of himself, but these are the mental people out there that want to go after him. And, and say things about his wife and his children and, and death threats and things like that. That's where I drew the line. I was like, I've got to, I've got to say something about this, this dark, like 
the dark web of ufology, man. It, it's it's crazy. You were next on the list to come on. I had I had to talk to you about it. And then lo and behold, here you are getting, you know, batted around like um, a cat playing with yarn. Not fair at all, guys. <laughs> Not fair at all. All right, Christina, we've been at this for a little over an hour. Was there anything going on coming up that uh, you wanted to talk talk about or uh, coming up on your shows? Anything new going on? And we can start wrapping this up. Um, just that my new show, Strange Paradigms, is coming out uh, every Friday now, talking about news, the latest news relating to the UFO phenomenon, the paranormal, and the mysterious. But other than that, I mean, I keep all of my updates on Twitter. While I don't get involved in Twitter, I do do all of my postings on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. I, I guess I, sh- I should open the floor up to you after my little diatribe there and, and, and give you the last word if there's anything else you want to uh, add into this. And uh, I know Michelle was called away for some work emergency or something going on. So I do. I want to open up the floor to you. And if uh, you know there's anything you want to add, please feel free. The time is yours. Well, as we remember as children, what we've been taught from a very young age is if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Christina, it's been great having you on again. We got into some some mud there a little bit, but it felt good. I needed to get stuff off of my chest and I kind of wanted to go into team, you know, Christina, since we're <laughs> we're picking teams here. No teams, no teams. Thank you very much, Christina. It's been great having you on, and I'm sure Michelle would be very happy to say bye, but I don't know what this this emergency call was, but, man, she had to take it. So, all right, well, have a good night, and we hope to talk to you again. This was part two, so maybe we'll get a part three out of you later. Thank you so much for having me on, Wayne and Michelle. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Well, have a good night. Get some sleep. You know, I listen to Christina talk and I feel so bad. It's like here I'm at the beginning of the interview and then it's like, whoop, Michelle has to get pulled away for an, an emergency kind of. So it's like, oh, well, pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, that we'll, was unfortunate. Yeah, we'll, we'll have Christina back on because I do. I want to talk to her about different legends that she's investigated and ones that interest me. Um, especially of different uh, regional uh, cryptids. So in her neck of the woods and then also in some other states. Yeah. And, you know, um, we had talked with Christina and she really is not into the whole politics thing and neither are we. And also like the mud slinging and the negativity that's out there. You know, I brought it up because I felt like, Something had to be said and shine a light on some cockroaches and maybe they'll run back into their little crevices in the walls. But the nastiness, if you want to build a community, then build a community. I think Christina and Jimmy Church and Dave Scott, ourselves, all of the people on Spaced Out Radio, they're all really trying to learn They're also trying to entertain and put out good information. That, to me, is a community. 
Nobody's talking negative about anybody else or It's just opening up the dialogue. Yeah, we have so, to. If we're going to figure out anything, you're exactly right. We have to be able to have the discussions, okay? So if somebody's coming over and giving you nasty comments on your Twitter feed or your blog or your Facebook stuff or your Instagram, how is that building community? You got three people out there that think somebody's a disinformation artist or an agent, and they're going to go and go into your chat rooms during live you know, live streams of other people's channels and sit there and yell and scream and call names and swear and act like complete idiots. That's that's really building community, right? As my mom used to say, play nice in the sandbox. Well, right. So anyways, that's my my sticking my toe into the dark side. And as a newcomer, I, I, I'm honest with you. It's made me step back and think about how much more of this do I want to do and put out there in the public with you? Whereas I could just work in the shadows too. I could learn on my own and we could do our own thing without talking to anybody. But we started this thinking, Hey, let's take people on this journey with us and let them learn with us. And so I think that's our overall mission to learn. What was that thing that we saw? What is going on with everybody? And and what are these things? So anyways, that's my... That, that's, your, that's your two cents <laughs> and I'm sticking to it. It is. Play nice or just go home. All right, Michelle, I think we're going to close it up here. So just to remind everybody, don't forget, we are now on YouTube. Please search us out by typing in Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast. It's all one word. And don't forget, if you have a story you would like to tell, we would like to talk to you. You can reach out to us at mi.ufo.podcast at gmail.com. Send us a brief summary of your experience and we'll contact you to discuss things further and try to get you or your story on the podcast. And also, if you would like to support the podcast, you could do so by wearing some of our latest swag. We even have some new season two artwork out on some awesome shirts and they look incredible. So head on over to our online store at miufopodcaststore.online. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page if you would like to support the podcast there. It is patreon.com forward slash miufospep where you can sign up. We can't wait to give you a shout out for all of your support. And as always, you can find all of the links provided in our show notes. So everyone, have a good night. Stay human. And remember, keep your eyes to the sky. You have been listening to the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. You can reach us at mi.ufo.podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at mi underscore UFO and join our Facebook group by searching for Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters. So until next time.